This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsock. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I am so thrilled to be here to sizzle away about this sizzle reel. And yes, this is officially the 15th episode of Force Center Reacts, a special series in which news pops up or something in the Star Wars world explodes and we need to react to it or just dive in right then and there. Uh, But it's the first one since the era of Solo the movie, Joseph. We are returning to a special format here. 
I am very excited. This feels like a special day and a special thing to react to. I, I can't wait to react. I have been reacting, but now I'm going to do it on a microphone. And what we are reacting to is the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus television or streaming series Sizzle Reel that was released part of the Disney Plus Day. And yeah, we're going to talk about Disney Plus Day, the big wins, the losses, and the huhs of uh, <laughs> a lot of the event. Uh, we'll dive into that. But uh, we are here most, most importantly to talk about one of our favorite characters around here, someone that is so close to our hearts, but specifically to Mr. Joseph Scripture, that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Joseph, let's dive into the reactions of it all. I am very excited. This is some quality time with you, Ken, and with Obi-Wan Kenobi. But first, we did want to talk about uh, Disney Plus Day. This is a new thing that I, I assume is going to be annual. This is the second anniversary of the launch of Disney Plus uh, two years ago today. Many of us Star Wars fans were watching The Mandalorian. So uh, it was a little bit unclear, I think, for, for some of us in, uh, well, I think for a lot of people, exactly what Disney Plus Day was going to be. Uh, what it ended up being was a, a series of tweets and other social media with uh, some trailers, uh, some announcements um, for Star Wars. It turns out the Kenobi sizzle reel, as well as the release of the 21-minute uh, Boba Fett special, Under the Helmet. Those were the big things. Uh, we're going to be watching Under the Helmet and doing a deep dive about that this coming Thursday. So we're focusing on Kenobi. That was the big Star Wars news uh, for Disney+. Plus. Ken, did you watch along on social media? Were you refreshing away since 6 a.m.? And what was your reaction overall to Disney Plus Day? Yeah, about 6.30 a.m. I was up and uh, I had my alarm set for 6.40 and then about 6.25 I did that wake up and was just pulling down that Twitter to refresh it, you know, on the phone. Uh-huh. And was like, ah, you know what, let me just get up. Uh, you know, look, overall, I, we're going to we're going to dive into it. It, it. This it is it is what it is. It was what it was. And it, and it was slightly disappointing. It was also slightly uh, exciting. And it was also a reminder of be careful where you get your news sources or your expectations. But also was a reminder of, hey, isn't it kind of fun just to gather around the old virtual radio and get excited with fans about something? I, I think it's uh, it's all of those things to me. Absolutely. I think it really was fun, even with some of the some of the frustration, uh, which is understandable from some fans. Uh, some of it expressed uh, in a very angry way on social media, <laughs> Twitter replies, which is not surprising, but some of it honestly even a little funny. Uh, for me, it was just one of those uh, great reminders of, you know, a, a phrase that uh, comes up when you're discussing Marvel. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And they did announce a ton of non-Marvel stuff, a ton of non-Star Wars stuff. Um, but if you tell Star Wars and Marvel fans, if you even use the word announcements <laughs> in mm -hmm. small caps, the expectations will go very, very high, right? To get a new thing announced or to get uh, fresh footage or all of that. And for me, is it is it all uh, played out? Uh, you know, it kind of had a fireworks feeling of, you know, I didn't know exactly how long the, the Twitter yeah. thread <laughs> I was up and refreshing and it's like, how long is this going to last? And, you know, you'd get that last person go like, that seemed like a finale. Was that it? Oh, is it? Have we moved on from the Star Wars phase of the fireworks? Oh, we have. Okay. All right. <laughs> and by the end of the day, I think they did actually release some stuff that is uh, substantive and, and really exciting. We're going to be talking about the Kenobi sizzle reel, which I think is substantive. I know people were yep. hoping for a trailer, but I think this has really got some great stuff in it that we're going to talk about. But also, you know, as a Marvel fan, 
they did release on Disney Plus and, and link to it very, uh, via social media. This kind of look at uh, where where they've been uh, with Marvel on Disney Plus and where they're going. And at the end of that was some really great footage of Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, which I'm really excited about. Uh, they did announce uh, X-Men 97, which if that was a rumor, I was not aware of it. That's really exciting for lots of reasons. So I think there was a lot to, to chew on uh, for Marvel fans um, and in particular for us as Star Wars fans, this Kenobi reel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 I've watched it a few times and did the old freeze frame, and it just kind of felt good to be doing that again. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, and look, I I don't want to position myself as someone who's like you all got you all dummies got excited. I was excited too. I was excited. I, I set up a special Disney Plus Day discussion thread on our Discord, and everyone was jumping in there, and and things didn't happen the way we thought. But there 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 was a lot there. Uh, the Willow thing just entertained me to the high heavens. I love Warwick Davis doing the version of himself. Uh, <laughs> There's, so there was a lot to chew on, and. And at the at the end of the day, you have to focus uh, on the light. And, and it was even in our Discord thread. It was fun to see 50 new unread messages because everyone's just in there having fun and, and exciting. And, yeah, you know, you unwrap uh, the Christmas gift and it socks. But you know what? We all need socks. And uh, we all had the memories of the anticipation. The, the socks were given with love. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that that's like maybe a great metaphor is like, you know, uh, Disney announces like, look, we have some packages. And sometimes I remember before Disney Investor Day last year, there was some ambiguity about exactly what the packages would be. And it was, oh, wow, that's the hundred dollar Millennium Falcon Lego set. Probably more expensive. I don't even know. Yeah. And and this year it was some gorgeous Kenobi socks that yeah. we partially saw earlier. But we'll talk about that. Talk about that. Uh, final thing that for me of just... um there was something funny about the uh, the reactions to mm-hmm. the the ongoing thread because, of course, you're trying to just watch the Disney Plus thread, but then when you refresh, you you see all the responses. And <laughs> yeah. I'm never here to give a hard time to the to the human beings who are trying to run the actual social media. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's a job, and it, every single human who has ever lived has had some days where they do great on their job, and some days where there's been some stumbles. So I'm never here to to be harsh with the people running those accounts and, and taking that. Uh, but I did think it was funny that as the announcement went on in the thread, they kept all these actors uh, <laughs> <laughs> still in the conversation. So I realized like there Bet Midler and John Mulaney are involved in things. So like an hour later, Bet Midler and John Mulaney are just getting thousands of furious replies about Moon Knight. <laughs> just imagine Bet Midler going, "That's a Moon Knight. Why? Why are people yelling at me about a Moon Knight?" You and I are in the same spot. I was like, "How long is Patrick Dempsey going to be in this thread? <laughs> How long is McDreamy going to be have to deal with Willow tweets?" Yeah, is Patrick Dempsey like, holy crap, am I in Miss Marvel and I didn't know it? Uh, what, what's going on? I was part of a company recently and one of our guys kept tagging me and everything. And I was like, stop tagging me and stuff, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to wake up at four in the morning at 15 tweets about your, your show. Like, it was an argument we had. And like, here, I'm like, Patrick Dempsey's like, what's happening? Is this Grey's Anatomy reboot? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, it is really funny. I've been in that place, too, where I've just, like, tweeted a joke, and then, you know, two other uh, fans have started a heated debate, and I'll just get yeah. a, a you know, a notification of, like, hey, you have a new reply, and it's just, you piece of, and like, what did I do? And then come to realize it's two other people fighting with one another that has nothing to do with my just, like, yeah. joke. 
Yeah, that was the best. No, but you could, you and I were saying, I just kept dying. I was dying laughing. Yeah. And apparently the Will Smith that was tagged is not uh, the Will Smith of uh, film notoriety. So that person also had an extremely interesting day. Is it Los Angeles Dodger catcher Will Smith? That would be even more funny. (laughs) I have no idea. We didn't get to the World Series. Sorry. (laughs) That'd be great if somebody was yelling about something related to that Will Smith in this. Anyway. All right. So that's a little look at the ups and downs of the sizzle reel. Love Ken's positive take. Uh, It's fun to open the packages even if you're not sure what's going to be inside. Let's dive into this sizzle reel because we got some amazing Kenobi socks. Uh, So this sizzle reel did make it to the internet uh, yesterday uh, as we're recording a day earlier, uh, and then it was taken down, but it was too late. Uh, But now it is indeed available for everyone to watch on Disney+. Plus. I guess available for everyone who has Disney+. Plus. Yeah. To watch on Disney Plus. It is one minute and 16 seconds of hype, you know, minus the uh, Disney Plus logo (laughs) at the beginning and the end, but mostly one minute and 16 seconds of hype. There's a lot packed into there. So uh, let's get into this. We want to start with the big picture, right? We've had this conversation many times, but it seems appropriate to have it again here that we have definitely seen some fans who are still really wary of this story being told either because they think "Eh, it doesn't make sense for Kenobi and Vader to have met or, you know, we've seen people say they don't see, you know, what's new. How is this, uh, you know, going to add anything new to the story or or just maybe loving the characters so much that there's <laughs> fear of what's going to happen with these characters and actors I love. So let's start by just discussing from our perspective why, the why of this, like we talk about uh, here on Force Center a lot, why tell this tale for Kenobi and also for Vader? Where do you go with that? Yeah, here, here's, uh, yeah, first of all, start by this. I, I think it's all understandable. And this is something we've been talk, talking about, but also been kind of dealing with, uh, if you want to use that term, as Star Wars uh, fans uh, with, with the rumors of the movie and rumors of Vader in the movie. And why would you do that? And it's this has been going around. I think it's a great time to readdress this. Uh, and I'll start here, Joseph, and maybe I'm going to do the unofficial Force Center summary, and then I'd love to bring you in to, to just start exploding the theories. <laughs> now, this is also how Force Center works if you were at a hotel lobby bar. I go, you want to talk Star Wars? Get over here. Listen to this guy. Uh, this is how we work well. I, I, I want to really summarize what we kind of feel, and, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. We, we kind of view this, the big why of this uh, idea here is this turning of the chapter in the life of Kenobi. This, this is a, a man... Uh, a Jedi, a poster child Jedi, we call call him a lot of times, that left his friend for dead on a hill after he had to do this horrible thing, essentially thinking he killed him, dealing with the collapse of the organization he had given his life to uh, and, and the weight and trauma around that. This is the man that felt that Anakin was the chosen one. Uh, and, 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 and now we are here seven to ten years later, wherever it is, and, and, and this is a story that potentially, potentially, this also could be six episodes of Kenobi gambling and drinking in bars. We don't know. Um, but potentially we get this idea of him accepting his fate, accepting the failure, turning toward, which I also view as moving forward and letting go a very Jedi perspective to his true mission, which we know is Luke. And they talk about in the trailer, they call it a referred to as a starting point. We're going to dive into that. And it's Luke. And now, now Kenobi believes that's the chosen one. Really, now we get to work up to that 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 man we saw at the campfire with Darth Maul and Rebels. How do we get from there uh, to here? And, and I, I think it once again is this big thing of focusing on hope 
amongst the fear and overcoming all these kind of fears and traumas to look forward, to let go and, and accept the new mission. I think that's the big thesis statement potentially of the series. No, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it is Kenobi's journey to peace, right? Uh, in a jokey way, this could be called uh, From Anakin to Luke, the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, right? Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he is dealing with such trauma on a personal level. And for me, it's very exciting to see this trauma that has, you know, been implied or we as fans can infer in the story of Kenobi, particularly in his relationship with Vader, to see him finally deal with these unresolved issues that's always been a part of the tip of the iceberg story of of Star Wars, of the Skywalker saga, of Kenobi himself. In particular, I think you're so right to say he's just got, obviously, this unresolved issue. In Revenge of the Sith, he did not want to kill Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. He He... he realize that he must try to stop him because he's become a horrible threat. And there's some ambiguity. It's There's certainly an opportunity to think the fire is consuming him. I, I'm, I'm not going to stay here and watch right. till the bitter end. Uh, but then there has to be a realization that he didn't make a decision, right? Yeah. Uh, he did not save Anakin and he did not destroy Vader. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge unresolved issue. And then we know from that great uh, episode in Rebels, uh, Twin Sons, that he eventually comes to peace with the idea that Luke is the chosen one. So how does he get from this uh, moments of, of torture and agony that he's left this relationship with his his brother uh, totally unresolved to feeling at peace with his mission is uh, to accept Luke? And I think for me, one of the biggest things it's so central to the original trilogy that kenobi's point of view is that anakin is entirely gone so i think this is going to be a great story of acceptance from obi-wan that he cannot save anakin and that in his point of view as he says to luke (laughs) controversially in return of the jedi that anakin is gone so I totally agree with you about what you're saying about peace and hope. Uh, I feel like there's these very concrete things of, hey, uh, maybe I could save Anakin. And if not, I, I, I should stop Vader instead of just hiding away. Mm. But no, I need to move on from these issues. I need to look forward only to the future with, you know, some amount of peace that Luke is the chosen one, that the future is what matters, not just uh, staying in the past. And that to me means like that this show could play out as as a tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. That he can't he can't save Anakin. He can't stop Vader. We know that in the in the best classic tragedy way. We know that. But the interesting thing is the why and how does he come to this peace that we see in him in that Twin Sons episode of Rebels. I think if if anybody's struggling with this, uh, I would say a fast way to to feel better is. Watch the third act of Revenge of the Sith, then watch that Twin Sons episode of Rebels and ask yourself, how does he go from Revenge of the Sith to Twin Sons? Yeah. Yeah, that's the direction of the road. And there's so many interesting things along the way. And 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 look, I got to tell you, if we never got anything and I lived my Star Wars life thinking A New Hope was the first time they had seen each other since Revenge of the Sith, 
I'd be 100% fine with it. I think there's just enough there for you to connect some dots and think that's the story. But I, I've always been of the opinion that there's a lot left on the table. There's a lot left to explore and, and going to the Return of the Jedi line that everyone mentions a lot when talking about the series or the potential of the series. If Obi-Wan once thought of you did, I personally don't think that's 100% in A New Hope. And I don't personally think it's 100% in Revenge of the Sith. Again, if they never dealt with it and Lucas never sells Disney, never sells to Disney and we never get this show, I'm I'm not walking around incomplete as a Star Wars fan. I just think you have such a... A potential to explore all these things as as well as having this fun, exciting series. This idea in my head, I have like a headcanon version of does does Kenobi need to go off world uh, to order in order to distract everyone? Don't look, don't find the boy. I don't want you to find the boy. I'm hiding out here. Come get me here. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Like there's that kind of fun thing and the Inquisitors yeah. and all this kind of thing. Uh, so there's some fun hows and what uh, and what's, um, but it all stems from this wonderful potential. Why? Again, we say potential because we want to make sure we heed our own advice of engaging with the story that we're about to see. Uh, but we just think it's it's really rife with the, all this kind of emotional thematic potential. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think there's the Vader side of it, too, of I don't think he is in this just to be the antagonist for Obi-Wan. There's huge, important, interesting Vader and Anakin stories, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We know that uh, Obi-Wan is not going to be able to get through uh, to Vader and, and bring Anakin back. But what an amazing question to ask is, did he get close? Mm-hmm. And if so, how? Or, which I think has just such like great weight to the uh, entire Star Wars saga and, and how we talk about the dark side, is this the tale of no matter what Kenobi did, he could never have gotten through to Vader. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it it responds so directly uh, to the storytelling that that's there and that those great moments in the last Jedi where and the force awakens really the whole sequel trilogy of Luke being clear of like, I can't save him. I can't save Kylo because I'm the one who let him down. He, mm-hmm. his anger is directed at me. And uh, on some level, I I understand. I don't agree with what he's done with that anger, but I understand why he's angry at me. I can't get through to him. You, his parents, can. Maybe Ray can. That's the story of the sequel trilogy. And I think the story of the, the prequels in the, in the original trilogy is Kenobi not really knowing that he can't get through to Vader, but not realizing that maybe Luke can. And that's Luke's great victory yeah. in the original trilogy. And this is such an, an interesting part of that puzzle of, of how do you take a step back from the dark side that, that, that talks about like real life anger things of, you know, if, if, if you're doing something that you know you don't really want to be doing because you're furious with someone, is it more likely that that person can get through to you or somebody off on the side that, that is this warm blanket of acceptance and love who goes, I understand why you're angry. Yeah. Do you want to take a step back from the ledge with me? Yeah. I, Versus the person who, pushed you to this in your mind yeah, yeah. you pushed me off the ledge uh, no this is an excellent point and, and we haven't spent as much time talking about the potential of anakin or vader side of this i still think obviously you know this, the title the title uh, is obi-wan kenobi and a lot of it's going to be focused on him but the, you have hayden back and you have some great use and even deborah chow says in this again we're going to break it down a little bit more we couldn't tell kenobi's story without vader we couldn't and that makes a lot of sense to me and, 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 and are you going to be dealing with this, this point of view of Anakin? Like, I just keep think, thinking of, of Vader. I shouldn't say Anakin, uh, who is, who is alive in there. He's sitting in that suit, just stewing in these juices for years, decades. And, <laughs> Almost and, literally. 
Uh, literally, yeah, almost literally. Vinay can attest to it. And and what does he think of Kenobi? And then we've seen some stuff in the comics, the Vader stuff. Um, and I, again, I don't think it needs to directly connect or reference to that. But the spirit of visions of uh, apologizing to Kenobi or whatever, you know, all these kind of things he goes through. I'm, 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 par- I'm summarizing and, and, and shortening the, the visions he had. And then we, we see in Rebels, end of season two with Ahsoka. I, I believe in my heart, Ahsoka has a moment where she is kind of Anakin for a second responding in this ongoing war and all that. And if you're sitting around having a conference call and suddenly someone's like, there's this, there's this Jedi, we, I don't know. It might be, he calls himself Ben, but I think it's something else. You know, I don't know how they're going to deliver it. What is that going to do to Vader? What's it going to do to both uh, uh, his his anger, his his thirst for revenge, and also this gnawing feeling inside that everything he's done is wrong, and that's why he's in this prison. And and how and I think he's he's he would want to squash that reminder of his past, and mm-hmm. that's going to be driving force versus just uh, yeah, let me go have one more one more uh, rematch, uh, one more little fight. It's so much more weight to that moment. Yeah, what is there for, from Vader's perspective? What is there for him to come back to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, and Kenobi maybe has like the greatest thing to offer is you know you still have family, you know, but he can't, he can't, and yes, obviously right. he, he doesn't, right? You yeah. know, so th- there's just there's so many great um, angles to play. Um, we'll get moving on here, but I feel like we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't mention as as many as fans have. We're very excited about it. The, the idea that Padme's last uh, words. To Obi Wan, as he held one of her children in his arms, is there still good in him? And how much has that been eating at Obi Wan? And you know, will we get a little bit of um, justice focus for Padme in that way? Um, the, the possibility of of Obi Wan really connecting with Qui Gon and and getting in whatever emotional way a, a kick in the emotional pants from Qui Gon about you're sitting here stewing in the past, you know? Yeah. Move forward, Obi-Wan. You know, that stuff is all really exciting, too. Yeah, Obi-Wan, you've been hitting the bar real heavy lately. All right? (laughs) You're stewing in your own juices, too. And, and yeah, and the Padme stuff is so true. I I really hope that there's some reference or mention and and, and really hope that, you know, again, we have to remain open uh, to what's there. But I I think that's uh, it's potentially powerful. Well, and imagine, just imagine Kenobi showing up and going, hey, 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 Padme said, oh, wrong, wrong thing to say. Wrong thing to say. Yeah, no, I mean, in that, oh God, it, there, there's just so many possibilities and it's really, really exciting. So with that, uh, any other big picture thoughts before we get into the sizzle reel itself? No, and, and, and apologies to Force Center fans who've maybe heard us say that all these things in a, in a roundabout kind of way over the last few years. It's just a great time to revisit it. And I've seen the discourse on, on Twitter uh, and even some friends of mine that I, I almost wanted to jump into the waters and start fighting, which is not just not the way to, to that I want to do it or I feel we should do it. But it's yeah, I, I understand the questions. I, naturally, I get it. Oh, they're doing this again or there's already it's already been dealt with in A New Hope. Totally get that. Totally get that. Uh, free your mind and Kenobi will follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there is an opportunity to be surprised and I hope people are. And also if it's not for them, uh, there is so much more delicious uh, meals coming to the Star Wars buffet. Uh, let's stay though it, with our Kenobi dish here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this sizzle reel itself, we're going to we're gonna go through and, and break it down and talk about every exciting uh, piece of concept art. But what was just your overall reaction uh, emotionally, intellectually? Uh, did you have, was it more emotional, more intellectual? Take me on your journey. Can. With the sizzle reel itself, yeah, you know, um, I, 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 
saw the the leak was going around. Not leak, not leak, but just you know, some poor overworked employee probably pressed publish or tweet before they were supposed to. Yep, uh, uh, Disney Plus Holland or whatever it was. So God bless him. That's a, that's a hard gig. Uh, and I didn't click on that, but then I, I eventually pictures started showing up and I saw the, the Twitter hashtag trending, Joseph. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to click on it <laughs> because I'm so excited for the series. So I yeah. saw the concept art first uh, before this. But now this morning when I sat down and watched it all, it's just really fun. It's just it's just excitement. And, 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 and to see uh, it, it's just I just can't believe that we're in this era 2021 into 2022 where we are talking about ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen and a disney plus series or just forget disney star wars series you know i i am just still very thankful for that and we'll see when the meal served we'll see what's there for me but i'm i'm living in that joy and i loved all the concept art really got geeked up uh, about it but just that smile on ewan's face all through it in this you know, stitched up uh, teaser uh, sizzle. I get it. But like, it was fun. It was exciting to see. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I had this um, definitely similar reaction. I just, uh, I, I thought it was uh, official and it is, it was just, you know, yeah. premature yesterday. So I just, I watched it right away and it was just kind of having a, a busy, stressful day yesterday, juggling a lot. And it was just this uh, emotional thrill ride for me. Yeah. <laughs> because you know I, I love the character of obi-wan I, I love ewan mcgregor as obi-wan this has been you know one of the things that went through my mind in 2012 when mm-hmm. uh when star wars was sold to disney it's like is there any possibility of more ewan as obi-wan and to have gone through all of this right not just the rumors of the movie of the last few years the right. final confirmation but really for me with like with these characters, with with Obi Wan Kenobi during the desert years, with Vader during the dark, I'm just stuck in my my prison of anger. That era, Ken, you and I are on the age of the age that we have been teased about this moment, <laughs> this era on trading cards, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can smell the terrible bubblegum when I watch this sizzle reel because it's been something I've been wondering about and hoping for since I was a literal child, right? The right. question of well, if if Yoda and Obi-Wan were there, you know, why did they just wait for Luke to grow up? Why didn't they, you know, get off their butts and do something, right? I mean, yeah. I have heard or asked that question a thousand times in the sizzle reels like, well, here's a part of the answer. Here you go. Have you yes. been wondering about that for literal decades? Here you go. There you go. And then like marching through to the, the, the prequel love, you know, for mm-hmm. me, really identifying with Obi-Wan as, uh, you know, a, a young man taking his first steps into the world and then his life kind of going sideways and then, mm-hmm. you know, loving the amount of Obi-Wan we got in the Clone Wars era the animated series and then now to this point where like okay i get to see him as a a, a middle-aged man who's going eh, well i gotta <laughs> accept that my life really didn't go the direction i thought it was but there's some pretty great stuff about my life that's a message that i'm excited to see <laughs> sounds like he's a security director not being thankful for the podcast he has in 2014 <laughs> uh yeah I, I love all that yeah no and, and, and your joy has always been palpable for kenobi and and you know i was always a kenobi fan uh, but so it's not a, a giant leap for me to, to meet your uh, energy level but it, it's it, it, it's it's part of the fun it, 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 a little a little uh, sears catalog wish fulfillment in the form of a disney series is okay yeah, and there can come like an a, a I think an anxiety about it because the hype is so intense. But I also sure. just like you were saying, I, I I love 
uh, being excited with fans. You know, I expressed mm-hmm. my my journey with Kenobi, but then I know that there are kids who grew up with the prequels and, you know, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen as Vader. That has been their Star Wars since they were eight years old and feeling that excitement and knowing that's there. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's, it's really exciting and emotionally thrilling. And then my other kind of more intellectual reaction to the sizzle reel, Ken, yeah. is... I feel like they are playing so fair, <laughs> uh, like yeah. the creators and the company. I feel like this sizzle reel could be called Kenobi. It's what it says on the tin, right? Um, <laughs> if you march through it in order, it is so clear about the kinds of things we're going to see. Yeah. Plenty of room for speculation and why and how and in nuance, all these things. But in the big picture, right? What is this sizzle reel telling us in just about a minute? We are going to see Kenobi as the desert rat Kenobi, right? Just mm-hmm. <laughs> getting mm-hmm. by on an Eopi. He is going to go off world. He is going to encounter an inquisitor or a Jedi hunter of some kind. He is going to face Vader in a physical and emotional showdown. It is being so clear about kind of the beats of what this is with all sorts of room for what happens in between the, those beats or the why of those beats, but absolute clarity on what the beats are. Yeah. I think this is something we kind of a shared belief here at Force center, uh, you, me and Jennifer over the years of a lot of the marketing has always been really honest, has not been playing fast and loose with things, little beats here and there. Maybe, I don't know, but the themes are always present. What are these movies about? What are you about to see? Uh, it, it, it they always put a good title uh, or a title uh, page out there for all of us to uh, get ready to flip to the the actual meat of the story and and I think you're right there and not just uh, it doesn't just set it out with the beat but it's like Deborah Chow saying we're starting here this is his mission it's what he's got uh, during a dangerous time to be a Jedi and now let's explore it there it it did kind of even with the concept art it worked as a good sizzle trailer for me. Absolutely. So any other big pictures before we start breaking it down? Kind of a concept art by concept art? No, let me watch it again right now here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to dive in then to the specifics, the beats. Uh, So it starts with Ewan and Deborah Chow uh, expressing excitement at both the character and the actor of Ewan McGregor returning. Uh, Then we see some concept art of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Again, concept art. Uh, But this is Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan kitted out in desert nomad gear, riding Neopi. We have seen images generally like this in many other contexts for many years. Ken, what for you was the power of seeing it in this setting, knowing this is concept art for the actual actor, Ewan McGregor, playing Obi-Wan in this moment on screen? This actually, I, I would say, is, um, will say, not would say, I'm saying it now, I will say is my favorite shot of this uh, sizzle because it's an image that meets and then completely exceeds my expectations of, of, of this idea that's been around for years. It's a sideshow figure come to life, right? It's what I want. Uh, it's what from 2012, but even before, and even, you know, the, the Jonathan Jackson Miller book that was out that I didn't read, but you just knowing around, Hey, Kenobi in the desert, you said the desert years, which is like a great mid eighties soft rock album. <laughs> uh, in the desert years, uh, it, it, it fills that. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have that sideshow figure of of kind of Kenobi in the desert. I'm looking at it right now, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. That's that's what I just saw on the screen. Oh, it's going to be that, and that's going to be one of the things I've always wanted to see. So that shot alone, uh, like I said, uh, just uh, put a big smile on my face. 
Yeah, I think that that one has, for me, some of the most power that makes me just go, I, I think I actually said to myself, it's real, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because we have, we've seen it in comics we've throughout the ages. We've, we've seen it as a sideshow toy, Kenobi Legends novel, uh, you know, uh, danced in this this area, this time, right? Yeah. Uh, but to, to see that it we're going to see it on screen is really powerful and it gets me really excited for the beginning of this story right that we are going to get to see him uh at this sort of like i've been here for 10 years yeah <laughs> plodding along how does he get by just even the enjoyable like how does he get by on a on a like realistic day-to-day -day? like yeah. what's your day-to-day -day schedule desert kenobi uh mixed with like how is he holding up emotionally, right? Like, where is he at? And uh, the most important question to us here in Force Center, does he go to a bar? <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing we're worried about. Uh, yeah, like, at what point is he talking to himself? Not Force Ghost. What point is he just having a conversation with himself or that EOP? Yeah, yeah. Or just like those, you know, early on, uh, um, when there's talk about the movies, we talked about the possibility of encountering Vader, but we also talked about the, like, uh, that era when we were discussing a lot that all of the standalone movies were going to be like different genres of, mm -hmm. of Star Wars film, right? Yeah. Um, and the idea that the Kenobi film at the time would be like an indie movie, right? Of uh, yeah. how Kenobi got his groove back in the desert, yeah. right? Yeah. And this, this image speaks to, that's the starting point of just some like beautiful shots of Kenobi coping. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see him like at a, at a garage sale with some Jawas bartering, you know, uh, yeah, just his day to day. The green milk of Kenobi at this point. <laughs> the green milk of Kenobi. Beautiful. Uh, so then moving on, Deborah Chow says, uh, this is quite a dark time we're coming into with him. Just being a Jedi, it's not safe. Uh, then we see concept art of stormtroopers in a vast hall, uh, possibly the Imperial Palace, uh, also known as, you know, the Jedi Temple. Uh, what are your thoughts mm -hmm on that image i really yeah uh the, connecting it to the potential of being um you know the jedi temple which is what it would be uh just really exciting to just explore that that side of the lore and that transition uh something that i thought bad batch did so well of just hey the, the page is turned and here we are and really connecting those two eras the prequel era the original trilogy era just kind of living in that uh it is a dark time and i think that's well said by deborah chow that's the starting point we're not thinking this is just a dark and gritty series um got some funny people in the cast too so we're gonna have some light moments i'm sure uh, as kenobi goes on his own serial adventure but i just love that that's uh, that that's hanging over all of it that this is what's going and it's a dangerous time to be a jedi and kenobi's probably wrestling with the even if i am i even a jedi anymore like who am i what am i doing here and if i even uh you know make one false move is this going to come around me if i'm discovered there's just a lot of that kind of tension in that shot hanging over it that's what he's up against in, in a lot of ways for me. You got the Luke thing, you got the Vader thing, but also I can't really even do much right now. I'm a one man against this. Right, right. If I decide to do something, it's not just like, yeah, I'll pop over to wherever mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, Vader is or wherever the, you know, the, whatever the catalyst is, uh, whatever problem I'm addressing, it's not just a matter of popping over there. It's a matter of how much risk am I putting myself in? How much risk am I putting others in by even going? Because the galaxy I is crawling with people who want me dead, people who maybe, you know, see uh, a Jedi as a, and they see money signs for, yeah. <laughs> you know, turn me over. I think for me, this image was really powerful. Um, you know, whether or not it's the Jedi temple, it looked Jedi temple-esque to me, mm -hmm. but even if it isn't, um, 
there's just pain in this image that I, I want Obi-Wan to feel. <laughs> I feel bad because I like Obi-Wan. But I want the pain for us as an audience and for Obi-Wan of seeing stormtroopers defiling sacred spaces, right? We, we've yeah. seen in uh, comics a bunch of uh, Palpatine, you know, having turned the, the Jedi Temple into the Imperial Palace. You know, are we going to get to see? Uh, Palpatine sitting in that room on screen and really feel the pain of that uh, of what the Jedi lost these sacred spaces that were institutions to you know uh, peace and justice and moving forward just uh, being turned into you know mess halls uh, Mm. for foot soldiers of death yeah you yeah you said something too we just uh, um took a very deep dive into the Zigerian uh, slave trader arc on Clone Wars. And what do we see Kenobi in, in, doing the particular, the second um, episode where he's, he is captured, he's enslaved and any action he takes causes pain and suffering for other people. And it begins to break him. Uh, I'm not saying I need that again, directly referenced or you know present, but it's like, it sets up the tone for this is where, where Jeb Deborah is saying it's a dark time where Kenobi Again, can't. Uh, not only am I on this mission with Luke, but if I pull out my saber, not only will it bring attention to me and potentially Luke, but it, it could bring attention to people who just don't deserve the, the the pain and suffering and the death that the Empire could bring. So that can hang over it. And how broken is he from that? And that's what that kind of shot kind of evokes for me. Yeah, yeah, and it immediately invites that question when you see like stormtroopers just everywhere. It's like, is that a place that Obi Wan's going to be, or is that somewhere that we're going to you know, see Vader have a business meeting? Um, obviously, yeah. it's concept art, so none of this literally. Yeah. It's possible that none of this is literally in the show. We should you know keep that uh, in mind. But this is how they're choosing to hype the show. I think for me also, like just looking at that image and wondering, will Obi Wan go there? Will he be in the midst of hundreds of stormtroopers? Uh, mm. For me, you're bringing up this great question of um, what is Obi-Wan actually doing? What is the catalyst? And that's one of the the things that I think is wide open, which is really interesting of uh, does he leave Tatooine because the Jedi hunters are coming for him? Does he leave on a mission to stop another problem somewhere else and encounter Vader along the way? Or does he really explicitly set out to say, I have to deal with Vader? Like that's Mm -hmm. one of the big questions of what is a catalyst that gets him off the planet? Yeah, look, call him A, B, and C or something where, you know, he's sitting around, he's he's down and out, he's depressed or who knows, and, and he's got this mission and and then along comes, oh, gosh, trouble's here. I better, number one, get out of here. And two, gosh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for me to face that demon. And that demon is uh, my past and that demon is uh, quite literally Vader. And maybe it all kind of rolls into one. And I, again, we have no idea. We are uh, wildly speculating based on themes, I think. Uh, but, oh, man, that's just uh, a great start, a great starting point. Yeah, themes and images uh, just getting to allow us to speculate away. So let's do some more of that. Uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Then Deborah Chow says, uh, there are Jedi hunters out there in concept art of what looks like an Inquisitor and a couple of stormtroopers marching out of a scary looking Imperial type ship. Are you excited for Inquisitors? Do you take this concept art as confirmation of Inquisitors? Yeah, in conjunction with a lot of other um, rumors that were out there that, you know, whether you tried to avoid or not, sometimes found their way in, into your lap. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking it uh, as this is this is confirmation, and and then uh, we are in a new era, live action Inquisitors. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm really thrilled to see uh, the Inquisitors, but I'm also thrilled everything that you and I have been talking about of the idea of Jedi hunters. Right, at mm-hmm. one, it's just the um, the the fun of knowing, like, okay, well, we're going to get to see Kenobi in action if an Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. is coming for for him right yeah or, or even somebody else so so it's just that part of me that <laughs> spent a lot of the early 2000s just you know going i can't wait until i see you know uh ewan mcgregor lightsaber fight again the part <laughs> of me that just loves that part of it that's just the the thrill of how great ewan mcgregor is in a lightsaber fight is like mm-hmm. great 
<laughs> yeah. He's got more fighting. Uh, but then you go back to A New Hope, right? And, and the weight and the emotion when uh, Obi-Wan says about Vader, he helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. You know, this is an extension of that because it's not necessarily Vader. It's an Inquisitor. But, you know, what what is this going to add to that moment of, of uh, A New Hope when you can flash back to mm-hmm. he personally interacted with these, you know, fallen Jedi that are Inquisitors cutting down other Jedi, just hunting them. Yeah, and Vader helped, which he did not say. Uh, Vader all by himself went out and helped. Um, <laughs> Vader personally, I've got his day planner. He personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, careful with day planners in the past. Uh, look, so I, I love this. It, it, I'll, I'll, you know, you asked the question, am I excited for Inquisitors? The answer is yes, but man, it's been a journey with Inquisitors. Uh, starting with the Grand Inquisitor, and I had to kind of warm up to the concept and have enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed a lot of the, the brothers and sisters out there hunting down the good people of the galaxy, including, um, you know, uh, was it uh, uh, Trillia? In, is that, uh, I can't remember. Fallen Order. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to confuse it with Trillian from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've grown to really like it. But one of the reasons the stumbling blocks for me was like I had that I had that. I don't know if it really fits with what I've known before, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Going back to even in the 80s when growing up with these movies, like, did I think there were some other dark side users chasing people around the galaxy? I, I didn't think so. But then you kind of pull back and you realize, well, it's only 19 years, uh, you know, with once George has finished telling those six chapters of the story. Uh, it's It makes sense that while the Empire is suppressing knowledge and memories uh, of, of the Jedi and, and the people of the galaxy, they also damn well know that they're out there. Um, so it's enough time and it all kind of makes sense for me to have Palpatine kind of form this group of, uh, highly trained, uh, as Jedi hunters and assassins with Vader at the helm. Then it, then it starts to get exciting. And that's why I'm excited to see it in live action. Cause then no disrespect to anything that's come before, including all the excellent uh, content and rebels and fallen order and other comics and everything, but it will start to really connect and become even more real for me. This is a very personal take on it. Uh, and so, I've come to uh, appreciate them and, and and have really come to be excited for the potential of Inquisitors in this series. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I've gone on a, a similar journey, and I think this might be a little bit of our, you know, original, growing up with the original trilogy yeah. perspective, right? Of like four years living with this idea of, but Vader did it personally, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is such a great evolution for me. The Inquisitors, when they first popped on the screen, it was like, but Vader's supposed to do that. But then as soon as I took a deep breath, it's like, well, this is allowing you know, keeping Vader up on, you know, the, the top of the, uh, the Sith pyramid of, you know, in rebels, it's like this question of like, so why doesn't Vader just slaughter them? Right. 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 <laughs> uh, well, be, because often these inquisitors are out, you know, doing some of the legwork and they're, they're villains that our heroes can stand up to. Whereas, you know, they told those stories in rebels where, uh, most people just cannot stand up to Vader. The fallen yeah. order video game structures this very well. Like, there's you're you're not going to beat Vader. You're going to get lucky to escape Vader. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the Inquisitors do allow him to to stay at that station, which is really cool. I, yeah, I also kind of see Inquisitors as uh, middle management here. You know, they're going to go run the shifts, and any problems, they're going to go up to the super yeah. <laughs> and I think I think the Fallen Order video game got into it in a way that I really enjoyed this idea of like, but they're broken Jedi. Too. Yes, yes, and that adds this extra just great twist to it and i think not just seeing them live action on screen but seeing them through kenobi's eyes might be my favorite yet Mm. uh because i think to me it is about he will see them as an extension of vader yeah he will see them as an extension of 
how awful everything has gone. Is there a possibility what, that whatever Inquisitor comes after him, that Obi-Wan knew that person, you know? Did Obi-Wan know that, was, was that a Padawan who was around the same age as Anakin, you know? <laughs> I never even thought, Doug, Doug, it's me, it's me, Kenobi. Oh, what if, what if it's, what if it's Liam? <laughs> is he maybe not quite old enough? Uh, yeah, only three years. He's not quite old enough. Maybe Liam grows fast. Yeah. I don't know. I've been taught to pull the shades. I can pull the shades on you, Kenobi. Yeah, the age doesn't quite work, but uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think there's that pain there. The other thing that jumped out for me in that, uh, that image uh, is, you know, the stormtroopers, a couple of images of stormtroopers. And uh, there is a part of me, Ken, that I want some scenes in this series where Kenobi witnesses the stormtroopers being very, very accurate. I do not need it mentioned or winked at. Yeah, <laughs> but it would just be a little fun canon if you look from Obi Wan's perspective, they are quite precise. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't need any uh, awkward humor with it. Yeah, just just right then and there, nope. destroy the hell out of some troop transport or something, and he, and he goes, oh uh oh, <laughs> oh uh oh, indeed. Uh, so moving on, Ewan says, uh, at least he uh, Obi Wan has this one task left, which is keeping Luke safe. Deborah Chow says that's definitely a starting place for our story. The interesting thing is going to be where it goes from there. Uh, then there's a flash of uh, concept art. Uh, we see three different places that, you know, suggesting, supporting this idea of like, of uh, where does it go from there? Well, it looks like off planet. Uh, we see a maybe rain slicked uh, space building that's somewhere between Art Deco and, and Brutalism, uh, very yellow uh, with some uh, people milling about. We see a kind of a, a dark market lit with neon, possibly Coruscant, Underworld or lower levels. Uh, then we see a, a very intriguing thing, what looks like kind of an ice hanger with some techs uh, working on uh, T-47 airspeeders, uh, mm -hmm. also known as, you know, snow speeders once they have been modified for the cold. So, are any of these images speaking to you and why? What's the overall effect? What's the individual reaction? I'm very excited to know that a relative of Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Lloyd Wright was in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> some Art Deco stuff there. looks great. Uh, no, I love I love these worlds. I love learning about potentially new worlds or exploring parts of Coruscant in uh, live action again, which uh, I say never to take swipes at animated stuff because I love the time we spent on Coruscant and, and, and Clone Wars and, and other other uh, uh, properties, other other um, stories, uh, but man, that'd be really fun to see. Uh, I've been intrigued since that little glimpse in Rogue One behind Krennic's back, where I'm like, I'm always like, oh, hey, hey, show me more Corson in live action. Uh, um, it'd be great. But I got to tell you that the T47 airspeeders, other than that's just one of my favorite Star Wars vehicles, it does bring in this other thing of, oh yeah, there is a you know bubble of rebellion, uh, uh, you know, emerging in parts of the galaxy. These cells. Uh, whatever we, what do we know from other stories? I'm not expecting this to be the story of a rebellion, but you got Bail Organa around, you got Mon Mothma, you got, and I'm expecting them more in Andor than I am here to be clear. Um, mm -hmm. but it's out there. And, and does Kenobi know this? Does Kenobi get whiffs of this? There's uh, what does he think of it? And does he feel that that should be his place or no? He says, Hey, he's got this one task left, but what's Kenobi's relationship to that task at the beginning of the story? As Deborah Chow says, that's a starting place for a story. He knows he accepts that task at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But you know what? I've done a lot of jobs where I'm like, oh, God. Uh, and, and then maybe maybe my focus or perspective on that job has to change or does change because of things that happen. So seeing the rebellion, is that uh, – if that is the case, does that infuse some excitement? 
or infuse some purpose in conjunction with what's going on with him and Vader and the Empire. Uh, I So what I love, Joseph, isn't just, oh gosh, the fear of this stomping foot of oppression that is this empire that's grown out of the Republic I was part of and the Republic I was defending. It's also this thing of, oh, hope, hope is emerging and I might be part of that hope with this task that I now have left to complete. Ah, that's mm. really exciting for me. Yeah, that, I, that's really, really great that maybe that is a boost of hope for Obi-Wan. Yeah, no, I have so many thoughts about this one. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. I, I really love this part of the sizzle reel from the uh, plane fair. It, it is what it says on the tin, right? Mm-hmm. If there's anybody who who's thinking or, or hoping, like, it should just really be a story where Obi-Wan stays on Tatooine. Totally fine opinion. I feel like this sizzle reel is, is, is communicating very clearly. That's not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's where mm-hmm. it starts, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'd like that. I like that clarity combined with like, look at all these places that maybe he could go. It's concept art. We don't know. Yeah. Um, it also saying that's where the story starts mm-hmm. and remembering that uh, Owen and Beru are in this. Yeah. There's that part of me before I even get to the concept art, there's that part of my brain going, Okay, if, if the first episode is really establishing how how's it going for Obi Wan, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, of course, seeing a a, a good Owen saying, you know, stay away, uh, which we have had in the comics, but yeah. you know, ten years on or exact time, but I wouldn't mind seeing a rescuing of Luke, that reminder, which we've seen in comics and books over the mm-hmm. years, but a seeing on screen the reminder of the purpose of watch over him, keep him safe. And hey, the, the, I only had to do this two or three times over the years, but yep, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing that in, in the first episode. How do you feel about that? I, I love it. And in, anytime you're going to bring in um, Owen and Beru, which we, we are, we know we're uh, going to get in some shape uh, or fashion. I, I'm curious to analyze Beru at this point uh, and, and Owen at this point and what they feel and where they end up, but also the relationship to Kenobi, which doesn't look like it's ever been good uh, all the way through it. So I want to see yeah, a reminder early on. That's a great idea. Great way to kick a lot of this off too, uh, which could be, you know, uh, an impetus to take some sort of action by getting off the planet or going to seek Vader or going to fight in some sort of way. That's a great starting point. Yeah. And for me, just that frustration of Obi-Wan knowing I'm here to watch over him. I'm here to wait until the time is right, but mm-hmm. uh, I want to train him. Like some yeah. part of me wants to not, you know, get impatient and say, let's, let's, let's go. But, um, the people we entrusted him with are, are saying no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he is the grandson of this uh, woman who meant the world to us and we're deciding and you did not make anything better when, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you didn't do great things by Anakin and then that's got to stab Kenobi in the heart and go, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he could be in that place of frustration of like. I know I should just wait until the time is right. I know I should respect his adoptive parents' wishes, but also I'm just sitting here, you know? Yeah. Or maybe he's lost. He's, so, he's become so bad at this task. He's drunk at the, at the Chalmans and he misses <laughs> a chance to save Luke. I don't know why we're obsessed with getting Kenobi drunk. Go, um, go. You know, it's got to happen. Yeah. I mean, when, there's got to be a bar in one of these uh, pieces of concept art. So, yeah, just I got, to, I, yeah. Sorry. Just have Owen be like, yeah, damn you. You're not even doing. I, I've got this. You don't got this. You get out of here. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many great possibilities. Uh, 
pulling myself back to the actual concept art, um, I think the big picture for me is just this sense of travel of, mm-hmm. you know, really got to remind myself, this is concept art. We might not see any of these planets. This could just be concept art. Maybe one of these, one of me, one of these pictures is from Andor and they're just like, Hey, got to <laughs> fill this out. You know, uh, really got to check myself on. Yeah. This is, you know, directly what, what we're going to be seeing. But I think the effect in this sizzle reel is that sense of obi-wan's going places and and when i looked at these uh it made me think of just there's going to be some classic obi-wan sneaking like some of these concept art it made me feel like you know like a where's waldo game is like is obi-wan hiding somewhere in these <laughs> oh yeah i like that uh but then yeah the the t-47s that kind of washed over me the first time but then really looking at that and re- being reminded exactly as you said of the rebels exist out there is the possibility of rebel entanglement and and what could that mean for Kenobi? I so agree with you on that. Yeah. Could be cool. I mean, you know, does he see, does he see like a a squad of rebels striking out and he can't do anything? And what does that do? I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot there. I I always, I gotta, I gotta pump the brakes sometimes too, to make sure I I don't get overexcited for something I've not been promised. Yeah, exactly. I think that the, that, uh, concept art of the T-47s is a great reminder of the state of the galaxy and the possibility. I do think we should uh, uh, all check ourselves on like, yeah, Obi-Wan's going to be in a hangar with T-47s. Um, it's early concept art, right? Are you checking a bag, sir? Yes, expectations. <laughs> check my bag of expectations. All right, uh, let's move on. So now we've got... Uh, Next is kind of, that's kind of the first half of, of setting up the beginning of Kenobi's journey and where he's at and he leaves the planet, right? But then we've got darkness, mm. Vader breaths. And Ewan says, the most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden. And Deborah Chow says, we are bringing back Hayden Christensen to reprise the role of Darth Vader. We couldn't tell the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi without addressing Anakin or Vader. And then concept art of Vader taking a hollow call seated in what looks like his office on Mustafar. Ken, this is maybe one of my favorite images. I'm in love with this image. How are you feeling? I love it. And one of the reasons I love it even more, chatting with a friend of the show, uh, fandom producer Billy Patterson, a big Star Wars guy, and we were talking about this, and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the potential, again, potential to concept art, of seeing Vader not on a Star Destroyer. Not on a place we're familiar with him. If it ha- that happens, of course it happens. And that, when when Billy texted me that, I got I got excited uh, about this idea because we have such uh, comics to you know Vader goes everywhere. You can back in Jabba's palace. He's at a diner. He's, he's doing a lot of things. But <laughs> again, there's some there's power perhaps because again original tri- trilogy generation here of seeing it seeing it in live action uh, seeing it on the volume if you will. I love this idea of Vader in his lair, and 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 that's where mm. he maybe is the most vulnerable, or maybe the most staunch in his beliefs on what he's doing. I don't know, uh, but seeing him get kind of the news, and uh, you know, how does he deal with that? Who does he go to deal with that with? I'm not predicting Ian McDarvin showing up at the, as the Emperor at any point, but golly gee, wouldn't that be something special? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least a hollow call, right? I mean, at least a voice. It seems it seems like a strong possibility. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, I love this statement. You uh, called it out earlier of, of Deborah Chow really saying, like, what Obi-Wan Kenobi is wrestling with is his relationship with Anakin or Vader. That's the story that we have to tell. Yeah. Um, again, really plain fair, telling people, you know, what this show is is going to be up to a point. 
But then this particular image, there's something perfectly Vader about it because it is, to me, exactly 50% cool and exactly 50% sad. <laughs> yes. You know, he looks like he is just alone in his awesome lava castle mm. brooding away. But it also just looks like he's taking a call from his boss and getting reamed out, just <laughs> sitting there alone, getting yelled at about the, the TPS yeah. report covers yeah, yeah. in his lava castle. It's to me, it's just like this perfect picture of, you know, there, there is this, this fantasy thrill of Vader of this absolute tragic, dark figure in a castle overlooking the site of his greatest failure, you know, his baptism of pain and fire. But then also that truth of just like, I didn't get anything out of it. I'm, you know, I'm just getting, you know, I'm just sitting here in my office <laughs> getting yeah. reamed by my boss. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's often, um, this, this, this Vader and this quest for power that he and Palpatine and dark side users and everyone, you know, Runs run rampant through the galaxy, right? This quest for power, and how all of that just means nothing but you alone and your silence about everything that's went gone wrong. Man, there's something kind of like you said, sad. A lot of sadness in anything you see with Vader, as it should be, as George would say. That's that was the point. Yeah, and and you know if you know moods like again, I'm not expecting this specific image to be in yeah. in the actual television show, but if it makes us feel sad for vader or or makes us like really feel the tragedy of he didn't get anything it, it, it's you shouldn't want to be vader because he kind of has nothing mm -hmm. what a great way to ramp up the you know that great tragedy feeling of yelling at the screen of vader you know turn back let let anakin come to the surface go with kenobi that pain of like screaming that and knowing it can't be like that is the essence of a tragedy yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is what we got here. Again, we yeah. a play here. Yeah, I'm with you. Love it. Love, obsessed with uh, Fortress Vader. Obsessed with Mustafar. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, to, to spend any time on there. And I hope we get a Vinay sighting. Hope we get absolutely two, two royal guards. Let's do it. Let's go all in on Mustafar Vader. Vinay confirmed. There you go. <laughs> uh, that was a joke. Moving on. Uh, there is then a quick clip of Ewan in a, what looks like a, a very good COVID safety mask uh, doing lightsaber training, uh, followed by concept art of a hooded Obi-Wan Kenobi crossing blades with Vader in some ship or base uh, on, on a bridge uh, surrounded by uh, tech uh, and fire billowing in the background. Uh, Ewan adds, uh, have another swing at each other. Might be quite satisfying for everybody. <laughs> and this is kind of uh, the big finish. Uh, we'll still have more to talk about, but kind of the big finish of, of the sizzle reel. What was your reaction to seeing Ewan train, lightsaber train, and then that concept art of Kenobi and Vader locked in combat, fire just blaring in the background? Yeah, and this is a shot that... Uh, uh, Elicited a lot of opinions on on Twitter as as uh, opinions are want to do emerging on Twitter. Uh, so the first thing is, yeah, you uh, it's 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 you and, and and I had some saw some people tweeting out Hayden, so I, I was like, oh, let me look at it a little closer. Uh, you know, and Hayden is is, is taller than than you and but I Joseph, I went so deep as to I was tracking the tattoos of these. Gentlemen. 
And Hayden, cross-referencing. Yes. Uh, Hayden uh, has uh, mostly tattoos on his forearms. One big one, I think, on his right forearm. And uh, Ewan has the tattoo that we do see in the shot. The, the shoulder, right shoulder tattoo. It's a lot of art on there. So uh, confirmed. In my tattoo research, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. And it was fun. <laughs> it's great. Because you know why? What do I think about? I go back to the Phantom Menace documentary at the beginning and just... Uh, little Ewan McGregor having so much fun uh, lightsaber <laughs> fighting uh, behind the scenes. Uh, that's just, it's, again, fun, exciting, which is part of why we're here. Yeah, and, and I think that's it for me is as much as I love going deep on the ideas and the characters and asking about the why of Star Wars. For me, it's this this uh, full meal where, where you, you get a nice heavy center, but then you also get, uh, you know, uh, the dessert and the sides. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for me, like, I never want to lose track of the reason that I that I got to the depth is because the 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 adventure serial of it is so fun and creative and thrilling and makes you want to pick up any cylindrical object you can find and pretend it's a lightsaber. And that part of it is just so thrilling to me. Ewan is just uh, uh, so magnetic uh, as a, a lightsaber fighter. And yeah, I immediately thought of like, you know, I wonder if Nick Gillard is watching this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Famous uh, stunt coordinator, coordinator from uh, the prequel era featured on so many videos uh, talking about how he developed styles. It's just, it's really exciting. You know, the, the, the part of me that, that really enjoyed, you know, being in the star Wars world as the prequels came out is thrilled that, you know, thinking of everybody else who feels the same way as me is just thrilling to see him training. Uh, and then I also just think about the actual fighting style of, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, responding to this concept art or that footage are like, well, we've already seen this. They had the big fight in Revenge of the Sith and then they have a very different fight in A New Hope. Well, you know, why do we need this? Um, we've talked a lot about the emotional reasons and the character reasons of why we need this. Right. But in terms of the fight, that, to me, that's really cool to think of like, what is the bridge between Mustafar when they're both in sync in, in, you know, kind of at their height of Clone Wars, kind of like constant battle, constantly fighting together. And they have this very, uh, we know exactly what one another is going to do and yeah. can uh, either of us find any way out of it versus this Death Star fight, you know, that mm -hmm. obviously filmed in a different time, but just looking at it in, in the canon, it's too older slower people kind of testing each other <laughs> yeah it is almost more about like are you afraid of me are you afraid of me uh can you hold me back what who, who's what's going on you know um so the idea that we could see a fight that's somewhere in between that is really really interesting to me yeah look man I, i've had some great um deli sandwiches in my day doesn't mean i want to uh, <laughs> never have one again and go i already had that one uh, I, I, I just on a, on a, on a level and I, I don't mean to be flipping with it to those who are uh, maybe still have a problem with this, but just like, yeah, what, what's wrong about seeing this one more time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thematics, uh, be damned. We'll deal with those later. We'll dig into it later. I think there's room to have this. There's room for this. Why of this fight? You're going into some whys, you know, and the why of the final fight, uh, Kenobi knows he's not supposed to win or even trying to win. And yes, filmed in a different era and, and, and the constraints of, of, of the performers at the time on that fight. But it still has a, there's a great why to that fight, just like there's a great why uh, to, to the Mustafar fight in Sith. And you're touching a lot of it, too, of just how equal they are, brothers knowing each other and, and the tragedy there. So, yeah, where are they at right now? And is Kenobi doing with doing this with any sort of uh, anger? Is he giving into something or is he doing this out of I got to finish the job? And, and where, where's Vader coming with it? And just the potential for some dialogue between it. <laughs> 
Like, what are they going to say to each other? When they actually meet, what are they going to say? And, and what makes Vader tell Luke, Obi-Wan once thought of, of you did? I, I'm looking forward to that. And if it's wrapped up in, a, in another lightsaber fight, I, I have no problem with one more lightsaber fight being added to my life. I love the endless food analogies. Uh, apparently, we just always record when we're hungry. <laughs> yeah, we are recording. Yeah. Yeah. It is lunchtime, and I am hungry, and I do want a deli sandwich. But yeah, the fight itself, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you not want something delicious, in my opinion? Mm-hmm. Delicious deli sandwich. The fight will be fun and cool. But then there's just all those questions, yes, of like, it's there's no way it's just a lightsaber fight. I have total confidence this is not just a cool lightsaber fight. This is mm-hmm. an emotional battle. And is this the culmination after chasing each other around, after getting to talk? Uh, I still think it's significant that they yeah. cast Hayden Christensen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, uh, I think it would be just cool and a great celebration if they cast him and he's in the Vader suit. Great. But I still feel like we're going to get a flashback or some way, somehow, that helmet's going to come off, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least a part of it. And it is truly Anakin and Obi-Wan looking each other in the eyes. And, and and when I see this concept art, it's not just the cool lightsaber fight, which I'm all there for. Right. It's wondering about the nature of this tragedy, going to, to Vader's softened voice in Return of the Jedi and saying, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Yeah. Uh, and wondering, does Obi-Wan get anywhere near, near close? Does mm-hmm. that yellow fade from his eyes for even a second? That's so exciting. Yeah, that, that's what's potentially at, at risk. And look, there's there's never been a lightsaber fight uh, in official Star Wars uh, content that isn't about something. This we know. So what is this one about and what are the moments there? I'm just anticipating that more than uh, just another fight that we've seen before. And I, I don't mean to be cynical or uh, you know, wag any fingers at those who aren't excited. I, I respect it and understand it. And guess what? You you, you can click and and, and watch uh, you know Simpsons in uh, the Plutoverse or whatever, uh, which I probably <laughs> will watch. Um, you can watch Will Smith kayaking. There's a lot of choices now. Uh, on the yeah, on the uh, uh, yeah. uh, Thor's going to do National Geographic. The, yeah, the, Chris Hemsworth is going to uh, uh, push himself to the max of human yeah. resistance for our entertainment. He's limitless, Joseph. He's limitless. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 there's all there, and I, I, I don't mean to be grumpy about that, but just like I, I, I just that that argument's just just uh, fallen on my deaf ears of just like we've seen it before. Look how that shot is great, potential is great, uh, dialogue is great. Because again, yeah, there's been some. Um, was it Spencer Wilding? Spencer Wilding? Is that his name? Uh, who was yeah, Peter in Rogue One? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It, along with Daniel Napris, which I have memorized for trivia contest and never got to say out loud <laughs> until now. Uh, and they've done spectacular jobs. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's not just a nostalgia pop. Let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it, is the way I would think they'd approach it. And probably for Hayden. Hayden doesn't need this. You know, you, know, you just want to stand in the suit for a day? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go to creation over on Riverside and Toluca Lake and get another uh, shake as I do. And, uh, you know, call it a date, but uh, have some meat on the bones uh, for this or the Ahsoka series. Uh, that's why I'm excited for both potential appearances. Or both. Yeah. Confirmed here. Very much confirmed here. Yeah. Uh, so segueing kind of here into the end, uh, Ewan adds at the very end, uh, we hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. And then there's a montage of existing film clips uh, that are getting to the spirit of Kenobi and Vader clashing. Uh, And then the Obi-Wan Kenobi logo uh, drifts in, uh, surrounded by blowing sand. So we were kind of just addressing this, but I I just want to see if you have any final thoughts on this. Um, Obviously, Ewan McGregor says, we hope you enjoy it. We enjoyed making it. It, 
there's, you know, and, and for me, there's that like, hey, we're we're here, the creator saying there was meat on the bones of this story and we wanted to tell it and we enjoyed telling it and we hope you enjoy it. Do you think that this is going to be a big win for a lot of Star Wars fans? Do you think people are going to get past either uh, the resistance to to this encounter happening or on the other side of it, the really high expectations, the the amount of emotions that a lot of us have invested in in these characters. Yeah, starting with ourselves, I I, I think there's a, a great danger. Uh, I trust everyone involved. I trust that um, uh, Ewan wouldn't come back if if it wasn't right. He's that kind of performer, uh, I think, and that kind of actor and producer. Uh, Deborah Chow, I have a lot of faith in. Uh, the, the the writing has come and gone. This this we know. Even going back to the to, to the movie concept, uh, I, I I so there's a lot of reasons for I think for me to have faith in this project. And I you know it's not just that you and I have loved everything that's come out before. Yay 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 yay. We just love the way they've executed all of the uh, concepts that the connect to the hope versus fear in Star Wars and connect to the core of that man in flannel's uh, original intentions when he finally released the movie he wanted to make uh, or at least uh, got as far as he could in 77. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. I, I understand a lot of it. And I think this I think this show is going to have some uh, even resistance build up to it. I, I, I unfortunately mm-hmm. think of this idea of, oh, it's just nostalgia. There's nothing left of the story. Is there no new ideas left? And I, I think we're just going to have to be dealing with that. And and you and I will try to approach it with the, with the force center light over dark, but it's going to be there. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, it will be released and I will be on my couch uh, with uh, a deli sandwich, uh, watching this in the comfort of my own home when I don't have to hear anyone whispering in a seat behind me about how much they hate this. Um, yeah, that's a good spot. I'm a good spot. I'm a good spot going into this uh, uh, this, this show. And there will be uh, no debate about the uh, opening weekend box office. <laughs> God bless it. And, and you know, I would have loved seeing this movie. I absolutely would. But I, I, am, I am I am absolutely relieved that it's a TV series uh, or, or a streaming series. Yeah, I'm I'm very hopeful that the little bit of elbow room will give it even even more depth that might win some people over who who right now are feeling like yeah it's it's been there done that that hopefully even that elbow room will to really get inside this very complicated character of Obi Wan played by an amazing actor yeah. uh, directed by you know just this really rising star of, of of Deborah Chow not that she hasn't been around a lot but for Star Wars fans like her Mandalorian yeah. work you know she's on our radar for a reason. Uh, a lot of great people involved. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, one thing I want to be sure to mention, um, our our friend here at Forest Center, uh, part of the team, Jennifer Landa, put out a great video, just very cathartic, just kind of going through some of this yes. of like, <laughs> even if you're really excited about it, sometimes that can almost be like, I, I, I'm too excited. Now I'm worried and, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Very, very funny, very cathartic, great video as Jennifer always yeah. does. Really getting to the heart of this kind of issue. Uh, for me, like so many things in Star Wars, this is an exercise in, you know, your focus determines your reality of um, trying to just embrace the story that we're told, right? Um, because e- even myself, you've said it many times, but but I will say it, I do have a lot of expectations, a lot of hopes. Um, I'm trying to focus on the ones that are verified <laughs> yeah. uh, by the sizzle reel. And then other things go, Oh wow! Well, if I was writing this Obi Wan story, I would do it and try to let that go and embrace the story that's told. I think it is a real opportunity to say your your focus determines your reality, and you know, let go of of fear about mm-hmm. what has or hasn't happened yet. 
<laughs> embrace joy, have fun speculating. And then when the show comes out, just try to clear your mind and let the show wash over you. And then, you know, you can let all the, uh, the opinions flood in. Yeah. And we'll see the hits. We'll see the misses. Uh, important thing is we've got more store, Star Wars stories to talk about. Exactly. And I think that is, that's kind of an exciting thing for this. I have a lot of faith in this story. I don't think that Lucasfilm and, and everyone involved would choose to tell it. I think a version of this has been floating around in movie form. The, like the core story, I think, has been floating around in the halls of Lucasfilm for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it, it would be told unless there was a lot of um, confidence in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it isn't. It isn't the Star Wars movie for the next three years. Yeah. It is one of the live action shows that's going to be released yeah. <laughs> next year. So the absolute worst that could happen mm-hmm. is it could not be for you. And then you could watch some other Star Wars or even just go watch the the prequel films or the Clone Wars animated series. None of that changes. It's all there. You know, the worst thing that could happen is it's not for you. Yeah, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win. A big win. Any final overall Kenobi thoughts uh, for now? Because obviously we'll be talking about it again. We will. Minor one. You mentioned it. The sand swept logo. Chef's kiss. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, there's a part of me that just wanted a flash to like Anakin being really angry at yeah. the sand. Yeah. It's like you're rubbing it in, uh, literally. Uh, and the final thing, again, included going back up top to the, the, the Disney Plus Day. We're recording on this day. This episode you could be listening to way in the future. You might not remember it. On this day, there was some uh, many voices cried out in disappointment. But I, I would say to those folks, I'm with you. I, I you know, There's some things about this day that I, I wish would have maybe been handled uh, uh, better or, or different, uh, but that's not a... You know, there's a lot of people working hard to make this possible. But, I, you know, your disappointment is fueled in uh, passion for this franchise and just wanting more things, wanting to see more things and wanting to feel excited. And I think we did feel excited uh, whether or not the day fully lived up to those expectations. So revel in that. We still have uh, a heart just uh, full of love for Star Wars collectively, and it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. And uh, I, I will go with you and I will end on the, the side of, uh, of joy and light of just, I am so excited for this show. I love this character. Uh, I love this actor. I'm so excited for the people who are excited about it. I'm just really happy that they're willing to go there, right? I mean, when you take a step back of like, we've got the Acolyte coming. We don't know what that is. You know, Andor is a, a newer character in the Star Wars canon and a newer era. I mean, who knows where Mandalorian season three is going to be? We have so many different things uh, coming that are this mix of old and new. But better, worse, or otherwise, this is the Skywalker saga, right? This yeah. is... Anakin Skywalker. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, two of the original action figures that you had to send away for an empty box in the late (laughs) 70s because they couldn't make the action figures in time. You can't get more kind of original, right? Kenobi and Vader. And I'm so happy that they are willing to go there because I think that, in my opinion, is the spirit of George Lucas. Star Wars is about the old and the new, and there should always be a balance. And always in the storytelling of Star Wars, I think there's been a balance of respect for like tradition. And then also like, sure, throw a bunny in there. Let's go explore, right? (laughs) Star Wars has to be, in my opinion, 
a mixture of keeping the figures in the package and taking them out and playing with them. And I think it's really cool that they are willing to take out Kenobi and Vader and play with those characters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Great talking with you about Kenobi and Vader and T-47 airspeeders, as always, Ken. Do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are the Force Center Podcast feed. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Don't forget, you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Podcast is available on a lot of spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. Just search and uh, if we're not there, let us know. We'll try to get on there. Merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Now's the time to get that speculate responsibly t-shirt or a sticker or a muck. Uh, Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly like Mike Fink, who just supported us while we're recording the show. Mike, welcome aboard. You're in our discord now and you get to enjoy uh, Star Wars with an ongoing discussion with our force center friends there. Again, support us at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, for myself, you can follow me at Ken Napsock on Instagram, Twitter, and other spots. Not TikTok yet. Not yet. Uh, but uh, you can go to my website for uh, more on what I do. Uh, that is KenNapsock.com. From there, you can link directly to my new music show, Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud. Joseph, for you, where can they go? Yeah, well, uh, I, I first I got to talk to you at some point here, uh, maybe off air about the Beatles trailer, because that was very exciting as well. Oh, yeah. By the way, Disney yeah. Plus Day, not a disappointment, because I got to see a minute and a half of the Beatles. Come on, come on. To win. <laughs> yeah, you got to see some uh, some great Ringo humor. Come on. Yes. Nothing wrong with some great Ringo humor. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. In celebration of Disney Plus Day, Kenobi Day, uh, I did a, a little TikTok video about not opening up one of my uh, Kenobi action figures, which, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll get excited and open up a Kenobi today. Uh, but if you're interested in seeing some fun comedy about Star Wars, you can check out uh, that social media site. Uh, again, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is all at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, you can find them on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Head there indeed. All right, my friends, that is it. We're out of here. We will see you next time. So for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Deborah Chow, and all the social media employees at Disney, thanks for all you do. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. 
and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.